0: Broadcast, people. So, as you notice, there's a bus parked out there. We'll, we'll talk more about that after a little while. Hallelujah. But, uh, anyways, hey, let's let's pray, and we're gonna get ready to do some worship tonight. Because I don't know about you, but I need to do a little bit of worship. anybody want to do a little bit of worship? A lot of worship? A lot of worship? Yeah, we got a few songs. Not too many. Not too many. We got a, a few, a few. So let's pray tonight, Father. We are just so thankful that you are here. Lord, I know there is fear going on throughout our world right now because of a virus, a sickness that's going around, and Lord, we just continue to pray against it and rebuke it in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, this is your church, your house, and we believe in healing and we believe in wisdom as well. So Lord, just continue to watch over your, your church, your people, giving them protection, Lord, but also giving them wisdom. Lord, I, I just continue to speak to this virus that it would die, that it would no longer transmit to people, that it would just go away, Father, and I just pray peace over our world and especially over our nation right now. That that people that are trying to in, just impart fear to others would be silenced in the name of Jesus. Let let the true facts come out, God. The true facts come out. But Lord, tonight we are here to worship you and to love on you and to learn more about your ways. So, Lord, we pray that you would receive our worship tonight. Receive our worship in this place. And be with us, Holy Spirit, as you teach us and guide us into all truth. And we ask this in Jesus' name. If you agree with that, say amen tonight. Come on, stand up with me. We're going to do some worship. Hallelujah. Hey, There it is. It does work when you turn it on. Most of the time. Jesus. Why ain't it working now? There it is. Hallelujah. The sound man, it, the bass player have me turned off? Bass player paid them to turn me off. It's always the bass player's fault. That's what we tell everybody. Come on, let's worship tonight.
1: so much more more tonight, hallelujah, Jesus, we worship you, come on, we're going to sing king of majesty, you ready, king of majesty. i to your way. Praising house
0: tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, turn and greet someone tonight and tell them how much you love them. Give them a hug, even though there's viruses going around.
1: Oh, we'll see how great. Yeah, how great is our God. Yeah. How great is our God?
0: Hallelujah. Hey, Linda, can you get me? Maybe Linda, can you pass that? We have plenty for everybody, so.
1: Hallelujah. Oh, God. Sing with me how great.
0: We really didn't practice that one, but we figured we had it anyways, and we had the choir going on out here, so it didn't matter. Yeah. (laughs) You can't go wrong with that song. I don't care where you're at. I don't care if you're Jesus Culture, Bethel, Hillsong, song. time you're saying how great God is, it don't matter. It don't even matter if you sing that song in key <laughs> or off beat. <laughs> I would prefer that you sang it in key and on beat, but it does not matter. Whoo Lord. I can get my phone. I'm
1: great to sing God hallelujah who Lord Lord Lord
0: mm. so we're gonna do the last of this book uh, about intercessors that uh Pastor Debbie Burke had uh had written for her church over in uh Port Arthur Texas I think they have a campus now in uh the Bridge City or the uh, Orange, Texas area. I can't remember exactly which one, but uh, she had written this many years ago, and she let me use it. But tonight we're talking about the gatekeepers. Gatekeepers. So, So before you even get into it, what do you think the gatekeepers would be? Anybody? Those that keep the door, the gate, right? Yeah, yeah. It's pretty simple. Pretty simple. So gatekeepers in the house of the Lord were vital. They were chosen by the king and the prophet. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to take a ton of time on the first page because we're talking about the Old Testament, but I do need you to understand where it is. Uh, yeah, that's the first page. Right there, 1 Chronicles 9, 22. In all, there were 212 gatekeepers in those days. They were listed according to the genealogies in their villages. David and Samuel the seer had appointed their ancestors because they were reliable men. So the very first thing we see is gatekeepers should be reliable. Hmm. Can I tell you that that's not always easy to find in the house of God? We're very zealous to do things for God until it requires something of us. Just being honest. I know in the military... If you were standing watch was it the I'm trying to remember the general order number it was but you were to stand your post until properly relieved you did not leave your post what if the guy overslept then you stood a long watch tonight what if no one ever came then you stood at an extremely long watch tonight <laughs> but you did not you stand your post until properly relieved why Why is it that important for someone to stand the gate until somebody else stood the gate? Because if nobody's watching the door, anybody can come in. And you never want just anybody coming in. Can I tell you, we still have that today here uh, as well. We have the exact same thing. Let's look at the next one. 2 Chronicles 8, 14. In assigning the priests to their duties, Solomon followed the regulations of the Father. Yeah. see, so he f- followed the regulations of Father David. He also assigned the Levites to lead the people in praise and to assist the priests in their daily duties. And he assigned the gatekeepers to their gates by the divisions following the commandments of David, the man of God. See, gatekeepers were assigned specific tasks in the Old Testament. Are we assigned specific tasks today? We still are. Still are. Yeah. Sometimes people in the church are assigned specific tasks by man. Sometimes they're assigned specific tasks by God, right? They, they, they may feel that they are called to, to watch a certain area or pray for a certain area. They're, they're still gatekeepers, okay? I'm going to read uh, the, the first one here, and then we're going to jump to the back page for, for the time's sake. It says 1 Chronicles 9.19. Because all of these are going through the the gatekeepers. Shalom was the son of Kori, a descendant of, man, I love these names. (laughs) Abessa from the clan of Korah. He and his relatives to the Korahites were responsible for guarding the entrance to the sanctuary, just as their ancestors had guarded the tabernacle in the camp of the Lord. We see right here one of them. And if you go through all of these, let's say each one is showing where their responsibilities were. And that's why I don't, you know, I don't want to, for time's sake, I don't want to go through every one of what their, their, uh, their, their spaces were, but they were assigned specific things. And let's turn to the second page, to the back of the first page. So we keep going through there, because I want us to spend time to actually look at the New Testament portion of this. And then the second line down says, gatekeepers were faithful to their posts and relied on others in their ministry to help them. And now we're going to look. Notice below that they did not need to leave their posts of duty. To be a gatekeeper was a serious assignment. There are people that are called to be intercessors today. We have intercessors, and I'm going to almost kind of use those words interchangeably as gatekeepers and intercessors. And you know that the prophetic ministry of it. The pastor is a gatekeeper. Can can I tell you that that? Uh, I don't want to say the most important gatekeeper. I'm trying to think how to word this so that that you understand it. Um, But I'll say the most important gatekeeper in the house, the church, is the pastor. You know why? It's the authority. But a lot of times today, that's the person that's hindering the move of God the most. Just being honest. That's the person hindering the move of God the most. And let us take a moment to sit here and talk. This is my opinion of what I've seen. This, this is not thus saith the Lord. Just just remember that this is thus Richard's opinion and, and what I've seen. Because every pastor comes into a church, has a whole new vision for the church, has a whole new everything. I told the board when they asked me, when when they interviewed me, "What is your vision of the church?" To continue the work for the reason why God planted this church here all these years ago to begin with. Now God has a purpose for me. I know my purpose is to, is to raise up leaders, to release them, to to raise up, you know, people around me that will do the work of the ministry to, rela- to to raise up preachers. That that's what God has called me. If it fits into the vision of this church, then it's great. But I see pastors that come into churches. And say well this is where the church is going and they completely change the direction of the church and then they stop what god's doing or they come into the church and they say well i don't believe god wants us to do this so they shut the door on it so your your pastor can be a ceiling your spiritual leader can be a ceiling right I've, i've served under people like that before where They didn't believe in certain things. So guess what will never happen? I'll never go further than that. So that's what I'm saying is your your spiritual leader can be the biggest doorkeeper in your life or in the life of a church. And and as far as I'm aware, I I don't have any of those ceilings that I've put other than I want them to be scriptural. I want to see everything that the Word of God says I'm going to see. Everything. Everything. Why? Because I believe everything in it. I believe it. From Genesis to the maps, I believe it. And I believe it still for today. And because of, you know, I, I see posts from people, oh, well, that that's done away with. Well, how do I know that part's done away with and salvation still works? If, if this part's done away with, how about, how, how is this one? Or, you know, and I don't want to be that way. I don't want to be that way. And I've never wanted to be that way. Why? Because I want to see God still do. I, I just... I understand the scripture, and I believe when it says he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's a God that changes not. I just, I believe it. And, and that's why I'm not afraid of a virus. I'm, I'm not afraid of those things, but I use wisdom because the Holy Spirit is my wisdom. Right? And so the gatekeeper can be the one that closes the door off from you. But sometimes we need the door closed. But sometimes, if we're not careful, uh, especially in our society today where everything is at our fingertips we can watch a 100 different preachers right now and if you don't understand the, the backstory of that person they may be teaching on something that is not scriptural in the end because can i be t- can i can i be honest with you that you need to know the scripture you need to know the scripture because it is easy for somebody to stand with a microphone and twist it it is easy so you need to be the gatekeeper in your life Man, you need to be the gatekeeper in your home, spiritual home. So, let's look here. New Testament callings. Jesus told us that gatekeepers are necessary. Well, if they're so necessary, why does nobody in the church even talk about it today? Why is it that churches are getting rid of intercessor groups and and this, and why are they getting rid of the prophetic ministry? Because the intercessors are, are those that are that are that are seeking and and. I don't want to say pushing, but they're, they're being forceful, saying, God, what do you have for us? We're, we're praying for our region. We're, we're praying protection over this. They're, they're looking. The prophetic ministry is, is God, show us the what? Holy expectation. Why, why are they getting rid of these things? Why are they not saying, you know, I want more prayer warriors instead of less? I don't know. Look at Mark 13, 34 right here. Mark 13, 34, the coming of the Son of Man can be illustrated by the story of a man going on a long trip. When he left home, he gave each of his servants instructions about the work they were to do, and he told the gatekeeper to watch for his return. Told him to watch. I'll be back. But don't be a lazy servant and do nothing with what I give you. But the gatekeeper was told to watch. And and a statement right underneath it is, is great. Holy Spirit calls intercessors. Intercessors today are gatekeepers for the Lord. They watch at the gate of prayer. As intercessors, we simply stand ready at all times to pray. At any time the the enemy comes in or or the Lord sends down instructions, they're ready to act, ready to act at a moment's notice. Why? Because if they don't release something God is wanting to release at that moment, it may be provision for a battle going on somewhere else. It may be provision for something that they're fixing to step into. And, and as the church, if we're not focused, if we're not paying attention to what God is doing in our season, in our prayer, we're going to miss it. We're going to miss it. But even worse than that, there are people that are going to miss it. Because there are spiritual battles going on every day. Every day. There are spiritual battles going on, and we don't understand sometimes the battles that are going on behind the scene, but Holy Spirit does. And if we will focus on what is, Lord, what are you doing? What, what is it? I need to pray for somebody. Boom, pray. I need to, boom, pray. Because we just don't know. And sometimes God will have us to release strength to that person or release comfort to that person, whatever it is. It doesn't make sense sometimes, guys. But you want to be honest with you? It, it's not up to us to understand it. It's just how God put things in order. He could have stepped down here and did it all by himself. Can I tell you he'd be better off doing it all by himself? <laughs> he'd have more success. But isn't it fun being used by God? It is. It is such a joy to allow the, you know, it, it's it's like when you, when you watch a child, you know, you give him a wrench and you're like, oh, he's going to break this. But he doesn't. He figures it out. You know, he, he figures it out. And, and I think God looks at us some ways like that. Like, oh, I taught him and he's finally doing it. Thank you. What does God say? Thank you, Jesus, when he, something comes right? I don't know. And anyways, look at 1 Corinthians 12 right there. We're going to talk now about some of the gifts. Now we're going to start putting together why we have gifts and why we have some of these things. It's 1 Corinthians 12, 4 through 7. There are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same spirit is the source of them all Holy Spirit of God is the source of all gifts all gifts okay there are different kinds of service but we serve the same Lord God works in different ways but is the same God who does the work in all of us a spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other all of the gifts are designed to help each other that's what they're they're never designed to puff us up, puff us up. They're never designed for pride to come up. And when we sense pride coming up, there's a difference between saying, my God, that was amazing. Thank you, Lord, for letting me work that right to do that. There's a difference between doing that and saying, look at what God did through me. It's a difference. You see, all of the gifts, all, all of your ability to sit and pray and, and allow God to use you is for someone else's benefit, and when we grasp that fact that all that we do is for someone else, pride doesn't come in as easily as it used to. Right? My time in prayer is to connect with my Lord so that I can be used by him to help somebody else. And through that, I get a better relationship. And through that, I, uh, he, he showers down his blessings and his presence and all of these things. I bring him glory by helping someone else. All of these things. All the gifts, all of these things are for that. Intercessors partner with Jesus as the high priest. See, there's a partnership. Intercessors do not pray in their own ability or with their agenda. And that is so huge right now. There's so many people that all they want to do is they want to pray with their own agenda. And always, you know, <laughs> I'm not saying that, that what one person said was not God. When they said, I feel that God wants to to do a double blessing in your life for 2020, double blessing. But I just have a hard time believing that everybody gets to receive that. Everybody gets to receive that because it's a partnership and it's not about an agenda. Because there are believers that aren't ready for a double-double. And if you give that to them, it may destroy them. So to to teach the fact that that I can get it because it's just a prophetic word, I, I just don't agree with that. I, I just I never have I think there's certain instances where certain parts of it right because we're all part of the Abrahamic covenant there's certain things but if I'm not ready to receive it why God wants to give it to me you see so it's always it's a partnership that goes they are in partnership with Jesus who is always interceding he's always thinking of us he's always looking it for our best interest that's what the interceding is right Looking out for someone else's best interest. Look at Hebrews right there, the next scripture down. Hebrews 7, 24 through 25. Because Jesus lives forever, his priesthood lasts forever. Therefore, he is able once and forever, once and for all, to save those who come to God through him. He lives forever to intercede with God on our or their behalf. So he's interceding on our behalf, releasing things. We're interceding on someone else's behalf, releasing things. It's the partnership. That's why when we come together and we pray, not about our needs, not about our brother's needs. It's about the corporate need that's going on. We may be as corporately releasing there what's needed. There are times where we're going to pray for our brother's need or our sister's need or our best friend's need. But then there's also times where God's going to say, stop focusing on them right now because it's consuming you. I need you to focus on something else. Again, that's the gatekeeper. If the gatekeeper only stands and watches this one way, somebody can sneak around behind him. So the gatekeeper's always looking, always trying to figure out what, what's going on. And, of course, the next one down there, Ephesians 6.18. We should all know this one. Ephesians six eighteen, praying always with all prayer and supplication, strong, look at that, and consent, I don't know how to pronounce that word right there, pleading, incessant, thank you, pleadings, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints, praying always with prayer and supplication, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Not just us, not just Marksville, Mansura. Intercessors are messengers of God and they must hear and obey his voice. Now here's the tough part about doing this right here. They must, they're messengers of God and must hear and obey his voice. Is everything God speaks to you supposed to be spoke out loud? And how do you tell the difference? Time. That's the only way I can teach you. Is to tell you, God, am I, am I supposed to speak this right now? Time? But then, if everything is done through love, with the thought that I am here to help a brother, for instance, you see in prayer that somebody's doing something bad. Are you supposed to go to them immediately and tell them they're doing something bad? Would it help them? It might. It might right but the question is is would it be better to pray against what they're doing that God that that it would be relieved or to publicly bring it out might humiliate them a lot of times there's our battle well I need to tell some more intercessors so they can pray there comes gossip there comes humiliation if it's done in love I never want to bring that person down until it gets to the point God says it must be exposed but that's a whole different ball game and just always remember this just just always keep this in mind especially when you're praying for for another church if you're praying against something else going on it's God's church not yours he if he sent you over there to be a wrecking ball that's one thing but I doubt he did <laughs> it's his church let him deal with it Just say, God, I put it in your hands. You see what's going on over there. Well, I feel a burden to pray for him, then pray. But to go tell everybody else to pray is gossip. Deal with it. Just pray. But when God speaks to you about something somebody is doing, start praying about that. Because what he might be trying to do is to help that get dealt with before it humiliates the person. Because, listen, if humiliation is the only course of action to save them from going to hell, let it happen. Let it happen. If there is no other way, Lord. But I don't believe that's ever God's intention. So when God speaks to us, we must obey and hear his voice, but we must do what he says. But we need to ask, Lord, what, what am I to do with this? And when you allow love to flow through it, You will not be as quick to action to say, I've got to go expose this. No. I just don't believe that's the way God works. I just, there's, he always works things out. He works things out. Why? Because he wants them to be restored. He wants the situation, right, to work for his good. All situations work for his good. So in the end, he's always more concerned about the person Anything else so we have to think about that. look at that proverbs 13 right here it says the 1317 uh, the passion translation an undependable message messenger causes a lot of trouble but the trustworthy and wise messenger releases healing wherever they go. Is't that what we just talked about? It's always about healing hidden the Hippocratic oath Doctor do no harm right? Is it harm to cut somebody's leg off? It might be to the person having their leg cut off, but if it saves their life, then no, it's not. But they always start out with the smallest piece first. They don't jump to the... <laughs> it's always done with love, guys. See, when we start thinking about, when, we, when we're when we more concerned about the person we're praying for and love, then us being able to, we, we start changing it. Look at this one. First Timothy two, 1 Timothy one. First Timothy two, one. First of all, then I admonish and urge that petitions, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgiving be offered on behalf of all men. Again, we're constantly praying for the saints. But we're praying for the lost. So we, we see back and forth that, that God is, is using us. Now watch this. Jesus interceded to his Father for those who crucified him. That means we've got to pray for the ones hurting us. That's not easy, is it? But think about it for a second. Just, this is going to be a little off topic right here, but, but think about this for a second. Is it easy to hate someone that I can earnestly pray for blessings upon their life? <laughs> it's not easy to hate someone that I want God to move in their life. It, it, it's, it's difficult. I, I think you might be able to halfway make it work. But I think it's hard. And so when when we think about the fact that, that you know what, God forgave me. And when I begin to intercede, maybe God has you intercede for somebody or pray for somebody that you don't like. God, I want you to move in their life. I want you to. Lord, I want you to move in my life, too. Yeah, but right now it ain't about you. It's about them. And, and you begin to pray that God would move in their life and set them free for whatever situation or, you know, whatever it is. Bless them, Lord. I speak blessings upon them. Blessings upon them. You can't hate the person when you're doing that. If more people spent time praying for our leaders than bashing our leaders, we might actually see a difference. But all everybody wants to do is talk about how bad they are. If we talked about how bad each of us are as much as we do them, we'd never get anything done. Yes, ma'am. Sure. Years ago, there was the
1: Lord led me to pray for a certain lady and I would earnestly pray for her and pray for her and even fasted for her and her family. Well, it came a time whenever she was used to really hurt my family and because I had been earnestly praying for her all that time, I was able to forgive her she never asked for forgiveness, but I was able to deal with the situation. So a lot of times God has you praying for someone, and it's really in preparation for you to be able to forgive them at one point in
0: time. Wow. So so God was, pre- was, was using you to pray that maybe that didn't happen, but if it did happen, he was preparing you to be able to deal with it. <laughs> Isn't that just amazing how God does all of that? So... Wow, that is, is just an interesting thing right there. Look, look at the next one down. God's love for his people. Look at this. Isaiah was the prophet of God. He spoke for God. But in Isaiah 62, the prophet speaks the heart of God for his people. Isaiah speaks in verse 1 that he plans to do as a representative of the Lord. Prophets spoke for God in the Old Testament. Prophets today are still, still being called to speak for God and lead God's people in right paths. Notice the personnel, the personal resolve of Isaiah as he speaks for God. Now let's look at this Isaiah 62 one right here below. For Zion's sake, I will not keep silent. And for Jerusalem's sake, I will not keep quiet until her righteousness goes forth like brightness and her salvation like a torch that is burning. We have to speak. Your mouth, there is power. Your prayers, there is power to release or to bind. As a gatekeeper, through prayer, we either release or we bind, right? We're, we're either not releasing or we're releasing. So through prayer, and as, and as the church learns to come together, corporately releasing, releasing, pulling down, breaking. What, whatever it is that God has us doing, there's doors being opened or we're closing doors or... But it's a corporate thing that happens as well as an individual thing. But there's power corporately. And that's why we're teaching on this. So that when we come together corporately to pray for our community, we understand what we're doing, God, is is we are corporately going and we are grabbing a hold of that stronghold. And we are pulling it down and we're closing the door on it so it can't come back. But we're also opening a door to release. What God is wanting to do, to release the Spirit of God into an area. When you start thinking of it as, as rooms and doors, and you're, you're opening and you're releasing, and that's what we're doing. But look at the next paragraph right here. Then in verse 6 and 7, Isaiah calls on the watchmen for the city to join him in his crying out to God for the people of God. Watchmen and gatekeepers were essential to the time. They had. Responsibility to keep guard and watch At the gates of the city We see this in Nehemiah The gatekeepers kept the gates This word kept in Nehemiah Is the same Hebrew word as watchmen used in Isaiah 62 You see watchmen, gatekeepers It's the same thing We remind God The watchmen reminded God constantly Of his promise But they also watched as they saw what was going on They would call out to the other ones To close the doors or to open the doors Whatever needed to be done See, so we all we all work together with the Holy Spirit, but there's one person might be on watch right now, right? And they see and they release out, and so so there's 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 a thing that goes on right there that that happens back and forth. But we just need to understand. Let's flip back to the back of this one here. Go down to the the, the bold right there in the middle. Our God, look at this. Our God so loves his people that his heart is to have watchmen who will be on the job watching and then calling to the Lord for his intervention for the people. This is true under the old covenant, but God's heart for his people in the new covenant has not changed. He is still calling for those who will watch in prayer for the souls of men. Look at Hebrews 13 right there, 13, 17. Obey them that have the rule over you and submit yourselves for they watch for your souls. As they must give an account, that they must do it with joy and not with grief, for this is unprofitable for you all. Each one of us individually have a responsibility. Each one of us corporately have a responsibility. And that's, the, that's where we've been really moving is, is corporately, learning how to flow together in prayer. And, you know, if you, you start looking at our first Wednesday worships, we're worshiping corporately as one. You see, it keeps growing together as one. And then you'll see that through prayer, the same thing is going to happen as people come together with, with the one. As the one. Look at that last paragraph. The writer of Hebrew shows us that God calls men and women today to watch for our souls. The word watchman in Hebrew 1317 means to be sleepless, to be sleepless, Jesus. Just as Isaiah 62, six, seven called on watchmen to cry out day and night, Hebrews 13, 17 is saying that God's heart has not changed. He is still calling on men and women to be watchmen, crying out day and night for the souls of mankind. Are you ready to take on the challenge of this calling? Look at That's how it ends. Are you ready? See, as gatekeepers, when we, when we accept what God is doing, we're releasing, we're not, we're shutting. It. We have a call. But if you look, it's for man, the souls of mankind. We're praying for each other. We're praying for the lost. We're praying for communities. We're praying for there's all these things that we're constantly praying for. Why? Because the devil is around. He is constantly moving, seeing who he can kill. He is only here to kill, steal, and destroy. He's always roaming around like a lion, looking to devour. But when the watchmen watch. They open up the door so the hunters can go hunt. So the snipers can shoot. Five degrees up, you got a little wind off to the side. You You see, the watchman, and that's what the the body of Christ needs today more than ever is the watchman. Because there's always things going on. And as we learn to pray together with power. With power, we will see things change. We're already seeing things change, but I think each time we learn to look, we just add a little bit more ammunition into it so we can shoot a little bit farther. That's all that's happening is we're learning to shoot farther. Amen. So let me pray for us tonight, and um, we can go outside and visit the bus out there. So, Father, we are so thankful for for your word and for you being here with us, God, and this opportunity to be together. Lord, I know there are some that are home right now that, that may be sick, God, I pray right now a healing. Lord, I just release a healing to them right now in the name of Jesus Christ. By your stripes, they are healed, Lord. Lord, I pray that their faith is such that they may receive it now and their bodies would be restored. And whatever hindrance is stopping them, I just come against it in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray that you would continue to watch over us as individuals and corporately as a body, as a family of God. Keep us safe as we travel, Lord. Protect us from, from sickness and from the things that are going on. But most of all, keep our eyes open and clear and our spirits ready to hear and to follow your word in all that we do. That we may bring you glory. And we ask this all in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen, guys. Well, that means next week we have to do something different. What? We'll figure out what to do. So. But uh, so so listen so thank you for coming through this so just to kind of give you an idea you can stop the stream up there, what what's going on uh, and some other things we're, we're actually looking at uh, I was talking to Jose today uh, about mon- uh, Sunday mornings at 9:15 having an intercessory time for those that want to be a part of. This.